Numbers 14, starting at 1 and 4, 1 through 4. I don't know how much of this I'm going to get through, but amen. If I don't finish this week, we'll push it on to next week. But there's a word in this text this morning. It says, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, Note to each other. We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Note that they did not say go forward, but they said go back to Egypt. This morning for a little while, I want to talk to you from the subject, an opportunity of a lifetime. The opportunity of a lifetime. Father, we thank you for what you've done in this place. Thank you for your sweet spirit that abides in this place. And Father, we just are humbled and honored and honor you. For we realize that you're the reason why we live, move, and have our being. God, you got us here for a purpose. You didn't let our breath cease on this morning. Didn't let the blood stop. But God, you allowed us another opportunity to come into the house of God. Another opportunity to worship you and to honor you. For the great God that you are. And another opportunity to hear your word. So God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. God, I prayed as you prepared the atmosphere and made it conducive for your word. That you too prepared the hearts of your people to receive a life-changing word on today. God, I stand behind this sacred desk, not as David, but as your voice. So speak through my mouth, think through my mind. This day, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's house this morning. I gave you this particular quote last week, and as I began to look at this quote, it stirred my spirit that we would preach on such a subject on this morning, an opportunity of a lifetime. It was Leonard Ravenhill that said the opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. I don't know how powerful this text is to many of us but if we would just realize the gravity of what Leonard Ravenhill is saying he's alluding to the fact that opportunities have a duration and a lot of times we think that things are just going to be there. The, the window of opportunity is going to be there that we can choose at another time. But what he's alluding to here is that there's a duration on opportunities. And if we hope to take advantage of them, we must seize them while they last. While they last. As a matter of fact, Ecclesiastics tells us, in Ecclesiastics 3, it says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build. It says a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a 
time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. He says a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. Then he says a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Solomon's point here is that God has a plan for each and every one of us. And God provides seasons or windows, as we call them, of opportunities for those plans to come to pass in our life. And it's important that when these opportunities come, that we should take full advantage of them. That when God opens a window, when God opens a door, he does it for a reason. He does it not just to be doing things because God understand everything he does is significant. Everything he does is important. And as believers and as people in general, we have to understand that everything that God does that we have to really think about it and allow it to be embraced, not necessarily by our feelings and our emotions, but by our spirit. Yeah, by our spirit. In our text this morning, the children of Israel are presented with an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. In fact, God has heard their cry. He's heard their cry. They, they've been enslaved for over 400 years and God raises up a man by the name of Moses to deliver them and to bring them out of the hand of Pharaoh. 400 years they were enslaved. 400 years they had a hard taskmaster. 400 years that they had to make brick and mortar and they had to, to build whatever Pharaoh told them to build and work however long Pharaoh told them to, to work. And they cry out to God. Has anybody ever cried out to God in the midst of your situation? In the midst of your, your, your trying times that you were tired of what you were going through and you called out to him with an expectation that he would deliver you. But here is the children of Israel receiving their answer from God. He raises up a man by the name of Moses and delivers them. And God brings them through the Red Sea. And uh, he defeats their enemy. Yeah, he defeats their enemy. Bring them out. And understand, anytime God brings you out, he just doesn't bring you out any kind of way. Because if we know the story of the children of Israel, that he brought them out with some substance. Yeah. Told them to go borrow. Gold and silver and all, all those things. So they came out wealthy. And here God brings them to the Red Sea. And with doubt and, and, and unbelief, here they stand in the midst of a Red Sea, not knowing how they were going to get across. And hearing their enemies on, uh, behind them, the hoofs of, uh, uh, of the horses and uh, the, the, the sound of chariots coming. And God... <laughs> uh, opens up the Red Sea, gave them something that they had never seen before. And the text says that they walk across on dry land, dry land. God begins to perform miracles, and as they get over across dry land, the waters collapse. And their enemies are defeated. And we're going to see that they stand on the other side, praising God, glorify him for the marvelous things that he has done. But he also feeds them in the wilderness, gives them manna, and God gives them quail to eat. And he provides water in the desert. Now, they come to the place where they can cross over into the land that God had promised them, the land of Canaan. So through Moses, understand God gives instructions to send men to scout out the land. Scout out this land called Canaan. And see what, you know, if it be really like God said it was. Does it, you know, have large 
fruit and does it flow with milk and honey? And they send them out and they come back with a report. If we back up to verse 25 of 13, we'll see that at the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to, to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite uh, community at Kadesh uh, in, the, in the desert of Paran. And there they report to them and to the whole assembly and show them the fruit of the land. <laughs> yeah, they gave Moses this account. We went in to the land to which you sent us. And it did, no, it did flow with milk and honey. And here is the fruit. So the men that went, understand, they came back with not only a verbal uh, a response or a verbal results, but they came back with something visual. They wanted everybody to know because sometimes people just won't believe you about what you say. Yeah, sometimes you got to bring some proof back. Here are the, these uh, men that come back. They, they come back with uh, big old clusters of grapes and pomegranates and figs. And they report that the land is just how God had promised it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, this land is rich. Land has everything that we need in it. It is as God says. Can I tell you that oftentimes God promises things and we got to believe that as God promises that it is what he said it is. Yeah, that I don't care what circumstance, I don't care what problem, I don't care what may show up. Understand, if God said it is one way, believe me, it is that way. I mean, you would think that after receiving God's promise and then seeing that uh, with their own eyes that what God had promised, that they would seize the opportunity they had before them. You would think that hearing this report and hearing the wonders of God and seeing God deliver them from the Red Sea, provide manna, provide water out of rock. I, I, I mean, the great God, and if he says something, truly, it has to be. And truly, if he says it, then I must pursue after it. But after all, I mean, verse 13 tells us, he says, and I have promised to bring you out of up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. So 13 says that God has made a promise. He has proven himself to be a God of his word. That whatever that he told him, it is so. But there's an issue. It's a problem that arises in verse 28. Yeah, three-letter word that often hinders many of us from seizing the opportunities that God presents us. Just look at what this three-letter word is. 28 says, but. After all that they've heard, after all that they've seen, here is a word a little three-letter word that hinders them from the promises and the destiny that God had planned for their life. They saw it. They were only a, a, a distance from laying hold to it. Matter of fact, there's a text that says that the only reason they went to Canaan was to, to see exactly which way they were going to go, which, they, they, which means that they had the belief initially. <laughs> Yeah, that they were going to get into Canaan. And it's amazing that as they've had faith, and then they see the promise, and they see evidence of it, something happens. It says, but the people who live there, listen to their report, are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of an act there. Uh, 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 we remember Goliath. Goliath was a descendant of Ganak. So they saw giants in the mist. And it said the Amorites live in Negev. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live 
in the hill country, and the Canaanites lived near the sea and also the Jordan. First thing I want to leave with you this morning is that they focus more on the opportunity or the opposition instead of the opportunity. How often do we allow ourselves when God promises something, when, when uh, we cry out to God and he begins to reveal some things in our lives that he's going to do, that we find ourselves more focused on the opposition instead of the opportunity. I mean, here they, they talked about giants and walled cities that uh, made them forget about God's promise to help. It's amazing. And, I, and I, I know that, you know, we can't get on them too much. Yeah, we can't talk about the Israelites a, a whole lot. Because how many know that we're accustomed to be like them? That we're accustomed to look at opposition and see it in a greater magnitude than the opportunity that God has presented. But I want to let you know this morning that if God presents an opportunity, there is no opposition that can stand against the opportunity that he's shown you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they focus more on the opposition. They focused on who was in the, their way. We often focus on you know, who's in our way or the lack of education that we might have or the color of our skin or the lack of money that we might have or past failures or even the potential of present failures. Something about failing that we're often afraid of. But when we are afraid to fail, it means that we're afraid to believe. We'll work with that. Can I tell you that anytime God presents a door of opportunity, it is, it is, it's not so that you can figure it out, but that you can walk through it. Yeah. I mean, if God opens it, I would understand if, you know, my wife opened a door. I could understand, you know, if, you know, uh, my neighbor opened the door, my friend opened a door, but here is God. The almighty God that opens the door, the one that hung the moon and the stars, the one that divided the firmaments, the one that raised the dead, if he opens the door. Yeah, we're going to see that, uh, that if he opens the door, no man can shut that door. Yeah, so God does not waste opportunities. We do. We do. He never wastes. He never wastes an opportunity. Understand that there were two men uh, out of the 12 that Moses had sent to scout out the land. And, I mean, who had different opinion. They had a different opinion. In fact, the Bible tells us in 28 of chapter, uh, verse 28 of chapter 14, that Caleb was of a different spirit. Yeah, there was something about. Caleb and something about Joshua that after they had gotten over in the land, they, they understood that when God says something, that it is so. Yeah, and gotten over there. I mean, look at verse 30. Verse 30 says, then Caleb silenced. He said, shut up. Because after all, we read that they were talking between one another. Yeah, telling one another that we ought to go back. We ought to choose another leader. That uh, virtually we were better off back in Egypt. The Lord brought us out here to die. We could have died in Egypt. But here Caleb says, shut up. Silence the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. <laughs> I like them boys. <laughs> they said we can certainly do it. Yeah, they didn't say, you know, uh, well, maybe we can do it. You know, maybe, you know, if we put our minds together, you know, maybe we can accomplish this thing. No, no, they said we can do it. I like what the message translation, message translation says, Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses and, and said, let's go up and take the land now. Not tomorrow. Yeah, not next week, 
Yeah, not, not when we think we can get it together. No, he, he said, let's go now. He says, because we can do it. <laughs> so Caleb understood something. He understood that there's a time, <laughs> that there's a time and season for all things. Yeah. He understood that opportunity must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. He understood that opportunities have their expiration date. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he also understood that if God be for you, who? <laughs> yeah, who can be against you? I, I mean, he understood that if God promised you something, the only thing standing between you and what God has promised to fulfill in your life, can I tell you, is you. <laughs> yeah, it's not anybody else. No, it's not nobody else because if we can have faith, <laughs> if we can believe God, if God himself opens a door for us, if God himself has a plan and a destiny for our lives, the only people, the only person, yeah, that can hinder God, we look at in the mirror every morning. Yeah, the other ten lack this understanding. Because we see this in 31, verse 31. Uh, it, it says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, note that it says that we can't attack. But God never told them to fight. Yeah, God told them that he was going to do the fighting for them. Yeah, so here, right here, they were, they were already sidetracking what God had said. They had already begun to depend on their own ability instead of trusting God. How often do we find ourselves when God has told us to do something and accomplish something and paved the way for us that we begin to focus on our own ability instead of the promise that God has made? Because anytime God makes a promise, understand, uh, we're going to find out that really it's already done. <laughs> Glory to God. But, he, but 32 says, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land we've explored devours those living in it. All the people who saw who we saw there are, are great size. We saw the, the Nephilims there, the descendants of Anak uh, uh, come from Nephilim. Uh, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. Uh, very interesting. And I'm about out of time, but very interesting. Bad report. Let's deal with that. Bad report. It was a bad report because understand that it was contrary to what God had said. So anytime that we are speaking contrary to what God has said, I, I want to let you know that it's a bad report. Yeah, our job is to speak what God said, is to declare the things that God said. And we can destroy our very destiny by speaking a bad report over our lives instead of decreeing and declaring what God has said. Yeah, it hindered them. It said it seemed. It seemed. Yeah, they had a negative opinion of themselves. We seem like grasshoppers. And the danger of having a negative uh, opinion of yourselves is that other people will have that same opinion of you if you're not careful. If you think yourself to be nothing, yeah, everybody else is going to begin to catch that same mindset and think that you're nothing. If you treat yourself like nothing, understand people are going to treat you like nothing. So here they, they were already defeating themselves, one with the words of their mouth and then with their thinking. And he says that, yeah, they see us the same way. Well, how did they know that? They didn't know that. We read nowhere in the text that we hear about giants or we hear about the Hittites or the Jebusites uh, saying anything about them. Matter of fact, if we would go, and I don't have time, if we would go over and look at where Rahab was, uh, where uh, they had gone in and destroyed the wall, uh, uh, walked around the walls of Jericho and the walls fell down, it was Rahab that declared that they're afraid of you. Yeah. 
So understand when, when God does something, when God sets something up, understand he already uh, positions uh, 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 an amount of fear in the life of those that are in your way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that means that we, that's why we ain't got to fight our own battle. Yeah, God will send ambushment before us. Yeah, he, he, he will make the crooked way straight. He will hew down every mountain. He will raise up every valley. That's why we don't have to worry about this. And this is where we get in trouble with God because we begin to worry about something that God isn't worried about. So why worry about something that God isn't worried about? Yeah, I mean, if he's already promised it, he's not worried about it. Because God, uh, yeah, yeah, God is not trying to fix anything. God is not trying. He, he may see you in trouble and he's not afraid of your situation. He's not afraid of the doctor report. He's not uh, afraid of the financial system. He's not afraid of your enemy. No, no. He already understands and has the victory because God is working from future backwards. <laughs> ah. Oh. My time. So I want to show you. I want to show you. Y'all, I drove back from Virginia. Y'all just give me a little bit more time, but this is okay. I'm sorry. Uh, we shouted. We shouted for about 15 minutes. So y'all took my time. <laughs> Glory to God. Y'all can work with me a little bit. Uh, I, I, I want to show you uh, what God said would happen if they would have immediately seized the opportunity that God had put before them. I mean, it was actually included in what many believe to be the oldest recorded song in the world. It was a festive epic poem celebrating God's victory. I told you that after the children of Israel saw the, 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 the walls of water uh, uh, destroy their enemy, that they got on the other side and they began to praise God begin to glorify him at the victory that he had gained for them. Yeah, I mean, we see this, Exodus 15 and 20 and 21. It says, then Miriam, the prophet, <laughs> Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Yeah, we were dancing in here this morning. Glory to God. Victory dance. Hallelujah. So Miriam sang to them, uh, and it says, sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Now, one of the reasons that Miriam was called a prophet is because she received revelation from God. Yeah, she received a download from God. So what she is singing was more than a song. Can I tell you that it was a prophetic utterance that she had received from God. They were celebrating victory, but also she was declaring the victories that would come. I mean, we see this. If you look at it in 16 and 17 of Exodus 15, I'm reading from the Amplified here because it gives a little bit more better clarification. It says, terror and dread fall on them because of the greatness of your arm. They are as still as the stone or as a stone until your people pass by. Here it is. Pass by and into Canaan. Oh, Lord, until the people pass by whom you have purchased, you will bring them into the land of promise. She was prophesying. And plant them on the mountain, Mount Moriah in Jerusalem, of your inheritance, the place of the Lord. The place, O oh Lord, you have made for your dwelling among them. The sanctuary, O oh Lord, which your hands have established. <laughs> I mean, that's what God said would happen, that when they got over into the land that he had promised them, that the inhabitants of the land would be paralyzed for fear before them. He tells them to go up and take it. In other words, seize the opportunity. Yeah, he says, I brought you. 
Yeah, I brought you through the Red Sea. I brought you through that trouble. I brought you through that sickness. I brought you through being laid off. I I, I brought you, yeah, through that foreclosure notice. I, I brought you, glory to God, through that trouble in your marriage. I, I brought you. He says, I brought you. And guess what? I brought you so that I can bring you some more. Yeah, yeah. How often do we forget about what God has done? How often do we forget about the miracles that he has already done in our lives? We're looking for the next miracle, but God has said, celebrate this miracle because I'm opening up a door for the next one in your life. Uh, but instead, Numbers 14 tells us, and this is our text, it says that night all the members of the community raise their voices. Note that it does not say that they raise their voices with joy. Note that it does not say that they praise God like they did when they came out of the Red Sea. But the text says that they raise their voices and wept aloud. It said, all Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt, the whole assembly, yeah, everybody but two, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take that back, because uh, Aaron and Moses, we don't hear about them complaining, uh, but what we do see in their illustration is that they yielded to the multitude. Be careful not to yield to the multitude. Be careful not to yield to those that don't want you to prosper. Be careful not to yield to the friends that, quote, friends, that surround you, that don't want you to be blessed. Yeah, be careful not to yield to the naysayers who have no faith. That you know what God has said in your life. You know the promises that he's spoken over your life. Don't be tricked by the naysayers. So here, here, they, 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 they fall prey. And they're starting believing stuff that really wasn't even so because it says our wives and children will be taken as plunder. They begin to, it's amazing how that if we allow ourselves to be tricked in one area, that the enemy will uh, send more uh, words that if we're not careful, we'll believe them too. Yeah. How can I say that? You know, yeah, the doctor said you got a cold. Yeah. But then somebody may say it looks a little worse than a cold. Yeah, I know your body aching and, you know, maybe you got the flu, but maybe it could be a little bit worse than the flu. Be careful what we follow. Uh, 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 what we, yeah, what we listen, listen to, fall susceptible to. Be, be careful. Yeah, because a lot of times the enemy will try to trick us out of the promise and destiny that God has for our lives. And he will bring people around us that would just whisper a word. Yeah, they had, <laughs> they had let potential obstacles blind them from what God had already done and what he had already promised to do. They were willing to settle with the past imprisonment instead of the pregnant possibilities of the future that God had promised. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we think that we were better off. You know, maybe I was better off at the other job. You know, maybe I was better off in the other neighborhood. You know, maybe, maybe I was, you know, maybe I was better off, you know, not, not, not having to be challenged in this particular area. Maybe I was better off. Be, be, be careful of that. I mean, they were willing to settle with past imprisonment because, I mean, these, these folks for 400 years, they cried out. So you're going to tell me that just an obstacle of what they thought was going to cause them to appreciate 400 years of being in prison? instead of reaching to the future that God has? <laughs> I mean, so they were willing to abort the future for frustrated experiences of the past. 
Can I tell you that every time that God opens a door of opportunity for you, understand that you are to walk through it. See, it's not that, it's not meant for you to go backwards, but forward and up. In other words, every time God opens an opportunity, it's for your betterment. Because we serve a God that knows our end from our beginning. He desires better for us. I wish above all things that I would prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. He desires for better for our lives. So every opportunity that he opens is to move us forward to the plans and purpose that he has for our lives. Yeah, it's meant to position you for the next opportunity. Yeah, God opens the door and we walk into that. It's only so that he can open another door that we can walk into that. <laughs> oh, glory. But here it is. These people wanted to go backwards. Uh, so every opportunity sets you up for the plan that God has for your life. Every opportunity, every divine opportunity that God sets you up for, understand God is setting you up for the plan and purpose that he has for your life. I mean, we see this, Ephesians, Paul tells us, Ephesians 2 and 10, he says, For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, firstborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God has what? He has prepared for us beforehand. God has prepared beforehand for each and every one of us to do some good works. Oh, so that means he got a plan. And in order for that plan to happen, he got to open some doors. <laughs> oh, uh, Revelations 3 and 8 says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door. <laughs> he says that no one can shut. <laughs> he says, I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Uh, he says, guess what? I, I, I've opened the door for you. I, I know that you didn't have the strength to open it for yourself. So I opened it, glory to God, so that you can walk through it because you've been faithful. You've been dedicated. You've been living out my word. Glory to God. I know somebody here may have thought that God has forgot about you in your situation, in your problem. I'm here to tell you that he has not forgot about you, but he's getting ready to open some doors in your life that you can walk through. Matter of fact, I like what the, 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 uh, uh, the good news translation says. He says, I know, well, let's, the, Phili the Phillips translation, let's skip the die. He says, I know what you have done. He says, see, I have given you a door flung wide open, which no man can close. Let's, can I tell you that there are people that's trying to close a door? Glory to God, trying to keep you out from God's blessing, trying to keep you out from the promises of God, trying to keep you from that job, trying to keep you from that neighborhood, trying to keep you from what God has destined and planned for your life. But the text says that God has flung a door open that no man could shut. I just come to tell at least two or three people in here that 2020, God said, I'm about to fling some doors open on your behalf. Glory to God. I wish I. I had two or three people that just would receive that this morning that what you've been through the trouble the heartache the pain glory to God that God is working some things behind the scene and he's getting ready to open some doors in your life there's a job waiting on you uh, there's a house waiting on you there's a career waiting on you there's a job waiting on you there's a husband waiting on you there's a wife waiting on you I wish I had somebody to understand that he even though you may not be where you want to be, God knows exactly where you are, and he's getting ready to open a door. I hear it creeping. I, I hear the door creeping open. I don't like that old house. You know that old house? Glory to God, when you open that door, that thing says, I came to tell at least two or three people that you ought to give hell ears to hear because God is getting ready to open a door on your behalf and the question is that when it opens, what you gonna do? When it opens, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when it opens? What you gonna do when it opens? Open? Are you gonna look at it? Are you gonna back up? 
Are you gonna scratch your head? Or are you gonna take off and walk through the door? Ah, because every door that God opened, understand, He knows what's behind there. Glory to God, and it's a blessing, it's a breakthrough, it's a deliverance, it's a promise, it's your destiny, it's the plan and purpose that He has for your life. Glory to God, tell somebody, God get ready to free some doors open on your behalf, on your behalf, on your behalf. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you need. I don't know whether it's a job. Uh, somebody's been trying to keep somebody from a job. But I hear God saying, I'm getting ready. Matter of fact, glory to God. I hear somebody's this week. This week, God. This week, sir. I don't know who that's for, but this week, glory to God. God is getting ready to open up doors. Uh, yeah, that you thought was shed. That you thought that would not be open again. God said, I'm about to open it up. And 2020 just for you. Somebody ought to give God a praise in the building. Hallelujah. An opportunity of a lifetime. An opportunity of a lifetime. Which means that it may not come around again. The children of Israel understand. I thought about this thing. I said they could have been 40 years in the promised land. 40 years praising God. 40 years uh, eating large grapes. 40 years instead of manna. Instead of quail. They could have been eating large pomegranates. They could have been laying back with the legs crossed. With a toothpick. Glory to God. Filled up. Glory to God. Offer. Offer pomegranates. Offer. Offer. Y'all ain't gonna help me in here. 40 years they could have been enjoying. But 40 years they were going around the same old mountain. 40 years. Glory to God. And the Bible said that those that had disbelief leaf died in the wilderness they children got their blessing I don't know about you I love my children but I don't want them to have my blessing God got a blessing with their name on it glory to God I don't want to die glory to God and leave them with what I should have God got something just for them I want what's mine tell somebody I want what's mine I want what's mine I want what's mine and I'm here to tell you it's behind the door that God is getting ready to open for you. Somebody ought to get ready. Glory to God to walk through your door. Ah, uh, somebody ought to get ready to walk through your door. Ah, uh, because it's on the way. Touch your neighbor, say it's on the way. 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 Glory to God. God is getting ready to open a door for somebody. They, they had a problem, and I'm closing. My God. The text says that Moses, 5 and 9, said that Moses and Aaron fell down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Said Joshua and Nun, Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb, the text says that they tore their clothes. And they began to cry out. I mean, when you are on the edge of your breakthrough, when you're on the edge of your deliverance, when you minutes or steps away or, or, or hours away from what God has promised, but yet, you fail to believe him. The text says that Aaron and Moses, the leaders, Joshua and Caleb, those that went and spied out the land and saw that it was so, saw the promises of God, but yet saw the people refusing. Matter of fact, the text says that they rebelled against God because God had told him, to go up and possess the land. Anytime God gives you a command, understand it's already done. And when we fail to do it, we rebel against God, that he's promised. And because of that, it said that they wept toward their clothes because they knew that they weren't going where God had promised.
And see, the thing about it is, is that when God opens the door, he ain't going to grab your hand. And he ain't going to make you walk through it. An opportunity of a lifetime. Now, opportunity is defined as an amount of time or a set circumstance that makes it possible to do something. Which means that God already did what he was supposed to do in opening the door. He just need us to walk through the door. So I don't know what situation that you may be struggling with right now. But I'm here to tell you that you're going to see a door open on your behalf. You're going to see the door open. And you got to have it made up in your mind that no matter what the opposition that presents itself. Because the opposition is meant to keep you out of the door. Keep you from laying hold to what God has promised and destined for your life. Matter of fact, it's the plan and purpose by which you're going to get to where God desires you to get to. The only way he does that is presents opportunities. He's not going to make us do anything. He doesn't make us come to church. He doesn't make us read his word. He doesn't make us accept him as Lord and Savior. He, 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 he doesn't do that. Every man has his own free will. But that's how we show God that we trust him. That in spite of the opposition, I'm still going to trust you. Next week, we'll look at what you got to do when opposition, I mean, when opportunity comes. There's some things that we got to do when it comes because it's coming. It's coming. 2020, clear vision. It, it, it's it's so that we can have clarity in the doors that God opened and be able to walk through them, be able to see past opposition. If the children of Israel would have seen past opposition, again, 40 years, think about, think about what you've missed that you had the opportunity to seize. Think about the doors that God may have, that God opened, but you failed to go through. Where would you be today if you'd have went through that door? Where would you be today? Some, some things you wouldn't have to go through right now if you went through that door. And I'm a testament of that. So God is saying, next time I open the door, because I am going to open the door, 2020, I'm, I'm opening doors. That's, why, that's what I heard in the spirit. He says, I'm opening doors. He says, I'm opening doors for you. And, and the reason that I, I know that God had to cause me to reflect on uh, where we came from at 4820 Guy Road. God said, you, you couldn't stay there because that wasn't your plan. That wasn't your purpose. And it's amazing how, you know, you try to do everything you can because you figure that, you know, we're going to help God out and this is the way God. I, I told somebody the other day, we tried everything we could to stay at 4820 Guy Road. We called everybody we could to stay at 4820 Guy Road. How can we enlarge, you know, how, how can we enlarge the building? You know, can we buy that parking lot? No, every door was closed. When God closes the door, he's setting you up for something else. So we, 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 we have to be attentive to that. We have to hear that in the spirit and know that. That it's okay when that door is closed because God is getting ready to open another one. We can't be so distraught and so upset when that door closed. When he laid you off, yes, so what? So what? I, he closed that one. Could he have closed that one so I can open a business? Could he have closed that one so I could get a better job? See, because sometimes we get comfortable. Yeah, you know, we, we get comfortable where we are. You know, you're getting that check and everything's good. Yeah, you know, everything's good. You ain't got to trust God, you know. You, know, you ain't got to have faith because you see that check every week. And God says, well, I, I want to take you higher. I got a greater plan and purpose for your life. I'm going to close that door. Sometimes God would do that in our life. 
Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he opens doors and closes. I mean, the Bible said that he opens doors that no man can shut and he shut doors that no man can open. Yeah. So he's the controller of the doors. I don't see where nowhere it says Satan opens doors and closes them. But many times we, bring, we blame Satan on doing these things, but could it be God? Could it be God closing that door? Because I got something else for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But God just put that word in my spirit. That there's an opportunity of a lifetime coming your way. Because as, as a church, this, really this is the opportunity of lifetime for us. That he's opened this door. And we were, he just found some crazy folks that were crazy enough to believe. And crazy enough to walk through it. Because I told you that there were two other churches here that, that didn't have that opportunity. That door, well, I'll take that back. They had the opportunity, but they didn't walk through it. And I, I, I don't, nothing's, I'm not saying anything negative about them. But I'm saying, I know that God opened that door for us. And we were just crazy enough to believe that we could walk through it. And here he is. Got us walking through it. And just like the children of Israel, if they had a walk through 40 years prior, they would have enjoyed the blessing much quicker. And their children, their descendants, would have enjoyed the blessing much quicker. The quicker that we are to respond to open doors, the quicker we'll be blessed. And those that are attached to us will be blessed. Yeah. Some stuff your children ain't got to go through. Yeah. Some stuff your children shouldn't have to deal with if you deal with it. You could, you could keep them from having to deal with a lot of stuff, having to fight a lot of demons and a lot of battles that you could have dealt with when God opened the door for your life. Is this all right? So that opportunity of a lifetime is coming your way. But you got to seize it in a lifetime of the opportunity.